0: Something the matter, Gilmore? Oh, um, uh, nothing, nothing, Sir Debbie.
1: Nothing? Remind me to play bridge against you someday, Group Captain. You're not a terribly good liar. <laughs> Here's mm. your tea. Thank you. So what is it? Come along, man, spit it out. Not the drink, obviously. Um,
0: uh, well, if you really want to know, sir, everything.
1: Everything, rather a sweeping statement, wouldn't you say?
0: This is absurd. I know Her Majesty's government has always viewed countermeasures as something of an irrelevance, an unnecessary expense.
1: That's not true.
0: Isn't it? We finally get to prove our mettle, show the politicians what we're worth, then before you know it, we're back on the sidelines in no time at all.
1: Sadly, whilst your activities during Market Garden were commendable, they're not exactly fit for public consumption, even in the corridors of Westminster. When one has to speak in euphemisms and half-truths, it's difficult emphasising the severity of the situation. Uh, I thought
0: we'd secure some actual funding at least, maybe even take over Maybury Hall permanently.
1: I'm working
0: on it. But, but in the meantime, my men are loaned out to other departments and I'm acting as some politician's errand boy.
1: Observer. Officially, we're both here
0: as observers. Yeah, my point stands. This is a total waste of my time and government resources. I've no interest in this blasted missile, anyway.
1: The Right Honourable Mr. Rutherford was insistent. He seemed utterly convinced something was awry with the Starfire Project, and specifically requested you attend the Minister's briefing. Oh, no idea why he singled me out.
0: Never met the chap before in my life. Or oh, Mull Rhine.
1: Perhaps your reputation precedes you, Group Captain. I know mine certainly does. Oh, you could have said no. If you want proper backing for this pet project of yours, best to get as many members of the house on side as possible. Even paranoid independence with an anti-nuclear bias like Rutherford. This would take more than half an hour. Did you have plans this morning? Uh, no, but- Precisely. Uh, My advice would be to grin and bear
0: it. Oh, uh, so Good.
1: Here comes the Minister now.
2: Good morning, gentlemen and ladies of the press, if you could take your seats, please. Thank you for attending this final briefing in advance of tomorrow's test launch. I'm here to answer any last questions you may have about the Starfire nuclear missile program. Minister! 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 Minister, If you could just wait one moment, I have a short statement to read that may save some time.
3: Mr. Have you any comment to make regarding the allegations in today's papers that you lied to the House about the Caulfield affair? Sorry, what? The Amanda Caulfield affair. You must remember her, Minister. I believe you were intimately acquainted.
2: I think my statement to the Commons was more than clear. Please, we're here to talk about Starfire. Uh,
3: Minister,
4: Miss Caulfield has today been recorded refuting your version of events and claiming you did, in fact, have an affair lasting several weeks... Are you saying she's a liar?
2: I'm saying my conscience is clear. If you really wish to trust a young lady of dubious morals over a minister of the crown...
3: I'm not sure there's many in Britain that wouldn't.
2: (laughs) This is hardly germane to the discussion. If I could please ask you to focus on Starfire Minister, with the delicate political situation
4: in the world following the Cuban crisis and America's recent tragedy, Is the development of a new intercontinental ballistic missile really the action of a responsible government?
2: Thank you for at least addressing the subject at hand, even if you couldn't wait patiently. I'll go into this in more detail later on, but for now, yes. Yes, I do believe it is. In fact, I would go as far as to say that it would be irresponsible not to develop Starfire as a deterrent. Nuclear weapons are the armaments of peace, not war. I hope that answers your question. Yes. I'm afraid it does.
0: Good
1: Get after him, Gilmore!
0: Clear the way! Clear the way! Coming through!
5: Oi! Stay where you are! Keep
4: back! Keep back a lot of you!
0: Come on, Morai. Don't die for me.
1: always were a stubborn blighter. Good. Huh? them three bullets are the better of you, are you? you survived D-Day, you'll survive this. Come on! Drinks at the club this afternoon. Ah... Goodbye, old chap.
0: listening? This is Group Captain Gilmore of the Intrusion Countermeasures Group. I'm right behind the gunman, now entering Westminster Tube. The man with a gun! Which way? He's bound. He's bound. Right. Put the station into lockdown. Evacuate the passengers. Direct the trains not to stop. We mustn't let him get out of here.
2: Bob, lock the gates. Just lock the gates now! This is an emergency evacuation, but all passengers kindly proceed to the ticket hall in an orderly fashion. This is an emergency evacuation, but all passengers kindly proceed to the ticket hall in an
5: orderly
0: fashion. Hello? I know you can hear me. Might as well give yourself up. There are no trains stopping. It's all over, I'm afraid. They've closed every exit. Best just to come quietly, I'd say. Stay back. Stay back or i shoot. Ah, there you are. I mean it. No doubt. Come on, man. Think about it. You'll get captured one way or the other. Killing me won't make things better.
4: Won't make things worse. Can't hang me twice. Might as well take down as many as I can. It's my only chance. Don't shoot. Sorry.
6: (laughs) Ah! I would prefer you not to shoot at friends of mine if it's all the same to you. Doctor! Get his gun. Uh, uh, right you are. The hand may be quicker than the eye, but it seems the umbrella is quicker than the hand. Where the hell did you come from? You don't want to know.
0: Doctor, be careful, this man is dangerous,
6: he's- Assassinated the Right Honorable Stephen Ryan MP, Secretary of State for Defense. Yes, I'm aware. Although the term Right Honorable has something of a moot point if rumors are to be believed. Oh, I've never really been into politics.
0: All right, then, you, hands in the air. Best not to take any chances. This isn't over. This is only the beginning. Yes, the beginning of a long stretch, either in a barren cell or at the end of a rope. You can't stop us. Dien's gonna win in the end. Uh, Dien? Sorry, uh, well, what's end? We're gonna save you all.
7: I just won't be there to see it. What? Uh,
5: no!
0: No! Oh, no! Damn it, man! Why couldn't you have just come quietly? Doctor. Uh, Doctor? Where have you gone, Doctor?
8: Professor Rachel Jensen, I'm Eleanor Vale.
9: Now isn't this a pleasure? Good morning.
8: If you'll follow me, my husband will be along shortly. He sends his apologies, but with the launch tomorrow, he's up to his neck in paperwork. I'm sure you understand.
9: Absolutely. It's quite all right.
8: Have the footmen taken
9: your luggage? I believe you're staying in the East Wing. Uh, yes. They've been perfectly attentive, although I'm not certain I'll need to stay overnight. Don't be ridiculous. The tour takes several
8: hours. What sort of hosts would we be if we forced you out into a cold November night without so much as a hot meal inside you? It's our pleasure to extend a little hospitality.
9: Thank you. And thank you for finding the time to meet with me.
8: Please. It's an honour. You're a legend. Sir Broderick always spoke of you most glowingly.
9: Did he, indeed?
8: If you'll come through into the drawing room, it must be time for elevenses. Do you have a preference? Earl Grey, Darjeeling, Lapsang, Souchong?
9: I usually just go for plain old English breakfast. But in this case, I'll have what you're having. Excellent. I think perhaps... Lady Grey. It feels that sort of morning. What in the... You rang, ma'am? Yes,
8: Dorothy, thank you. A pot of Lady Grey, if you would, with the usual selection. Very good, ma'am. It'll be here presently. Sorry, is something the matter? You've gone white as a sheet. I, um... uh, Did Dorothy disturb you? She is new. I'm not sure her manners are up to scratch. If there's a problem, I can have her removed. No, no, it's not that. It's just, um...
9: Can I use your phone?
0: the doctor yes popped out of nowhere bold as brass no idea how he got there but dash glad he did fella saved my life
1: then I'm sure we're grateful for his intervention he would be the gentleman you met in Coal Hill is that right
0: Uh, man is something of a misnomer sir I think he's best described as a as an outsider an
1: extraterrestrial yes I had heard the rumors how intriguing
0: If he's mixed up in this starfire business, there's clearly more to it than meets the eye. We need to look into it further.
1: Really, Group Captain. I thought you said you weren't interested in that blasted missile.
0: Well, that was before I knew the doctor was involved. Last time we met, all hell broke loose. Call it instinct, call it experience, but I don't think he shows up anywhere without a damn good reason. It's
1: technically now a matter for the police. Hardly within our jurisdiction. Maybe so, but my mind's made up. Good man. I hoped you'd say that. Take a look at these files.
0: Um, what are
1: these? If this doctor's presence is anything like the call to arms you suggest, it strikes me with one problem. Which is? Identifying the particular aspect of this case that's grasped his attention. By my count, we have three possible lines of inquiry. Take a look at the first folder. Mm-hmm. Ah! Anyone you recognise?
0: This is our gunman.
1: David Ritchie, age 31. Bit of a lefty. You know of him? He's been on our radar for quite some time. The story's fairly typical. Student activism, member of the Communist Party until departing in protest at the invasion of Hungary. Early doors in the anti-nuclear movement. His actions get increasingly radical until he's ejected for extremism. Said peaceful protests could only go so far and would be more than likely
0: ignored. So how on earth did he get through security at Westminster? Surely he'd have been tagged. he was. Troubling, isn't it?
1: Someone must have smuggled him in. False press pass. Fake identity. Not as hard as one might think. Whatever else, we can be certain of one thing. He didn't act alone. You mentioned that shortly before his unfortunate encounter with the London Underground, he said something about D.N.
0: Yes. I don't know what that means. Then you
1: should get out more. Hmm. I think he's referring to disarmament now. They keep themselves to themselves, but intelligence suggests they're a splinter group of similarly zealous, like-minded individuals who believe the whole anti-nuclear crusade should be brought up a notch. It isn't merely a campaign for them, it's a war.
0: And you think assassinating the politician directly in charge of a new wave of missiles is a declaration of hostilities? Seems awfully likely,
1: doesn't it?
5: Yes.
0: Next? The question of
1: Mulrhyne himself. The dead man? Bit of an odd target, wouldn't you say, for a political assassination? Well, not given what you've just told me, he was the Minister for Defence. But for how long? You heard those questions at the press conference. A scandal was brewing. Heads were ready to roll. I'm sure his decapitation was only a matter of time. Take a look at the next folder. Who's this? Amanda Caulfield, 30 years of age. Bit old for a good time girl, I'd have thought. And the makeup's a shade overdone, but there's no accounting for taste. Morine met her at a party. By all accounts, the affair only lasted a few weeks, but the political ramifications rumble on. How so? Unbeknownst to him, it appears that at precisely the same time he was seeing her, she was also enjoying the attentions of this gentleman. Alexei Selinsky. Ostensibly a naval attaché at the Russian Embassy. In reality, a spy.
0: Which, given Marl Ryan's position, has
1: serious security implications. Hmm? Quite. His political life could be counted in minutes, which makes ending his actual life rather the waste of time. Selinsky's on the run. Hiding out goodness-only-knows-where does suggest he has something to hide. Might be worth a look.
0: And the final area of interest?
1: Isn't it obvious? Starfire itself. That's Sir Gideon Vale, its developer. He's made multiple millions from arms manufacture over the years, quite the wunderkind. After the abandonment of Blue Streak, he made our government a remarkable offer. Wants to see England back at the forefront of international affairs, apparently. volunteered to work on a replacement programme at nominal
0: cost. Rather generous for a multi-millionaire. They usually make their money by not giving things away. Maybe he's being altruistic. I'd say a philanthropic arms dealer is a contradiction in terms. Perhaps.
1: He's been working on Starfire in the private laboratories of his mansion on the outskirts of London. Only a select few have been allowed to see it.
0: Definitely one to check out. Oh, the activist, the politician and the millionaire. Where to start? Veils rather leaping out, I have to say. With the launch tomorrow, strikes me he's the priority.
1: The thought had occurred, which is why you're staying away. What? One moment, please. Kinsella? Sorry, is there countermeasures? Ah, Professor Jensen. How good to hear from you.
9: Rachel? Is Ian there? I'll put you straight through. Rachel, are you all right? I'm fine, but I've had a bit of a shock. Ian, you'll never guess who I just saw.
2: Enter.
4: You wanted to see me, Chief Whip?
2: Yes, I did, Francis. Take a seat. Scotch? Or is it too early?
4: I rarely imbibe before luncheon. Bad for my digestion.
2: Very wise. I, on the other hand, throw caution to the wind. I start at the earliest available opportunity. So, I think we both know why we're here. Poor old Stephen. Yes. Bad business. Bad, bad business. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I should try harder, but sometimes it's impossible to keep a straight face.
4: I know. When Miriam broke the news, it was all I could do to look surprised. I, I had to pretend I was choking on my
2: cereal. Hazard of the job, dear boy, hazard of the job. Regardless, given the immediacy of the Starfire launch, it appears our glorious Lord and Master requires a new Minister for Defence. He was wondering if... you wouldn't have any interest in the role. Me? Gosh. What a surprise.
4: This is all so sudden. Don't over-egg it, old chap. And he came to this conclusion entirely of his own accord? Naturally. I'm certain he believes that. Of course. Well, it's a very flattering offer, obviously. I'm honored by your faith. it would be churlish to refuse. Excellent. I shall inform the PM of your decision. I assure you the initial testing of Starfire will take place precisely as planned. I had no doubt it would.
2: And you? Me? Oh, everything's in hand. The next incident is arranged, and I believe we've orchestrated Solinsky's escape to Russia. Everything's going swimmingly, isn't it just?
4: You know, I think I may have that drink after all.
9: Sorry, I just remembered... How many times do I
8: have to tell you, girl? Put the milk in last. I'm sorry, Mrs Vale. And only the slightest drop. You'll drown it. It's just not the way I'm used to. Thankfully, not everyone lives the way you're used to. If I wished it served in a cracked cup with a custard cream, I would ask for that. Then I'd ask for a bullet between my eyes, out of my sight. Mrs. Vale? Go! It's a cliché, I know, but you really can't get the staff.
9: You shouldn't be hard on the girl. I'm sure she's trying her best.
8: I don't want someone who tries their best, Professor. I want someone who achieves it.
3: Which rather explains your choice of husband, my dear.
8: Darling, I really wish you wouldn't sneak up like that. It's unnerving. But
3: I do so like to make an entrance.
8: You must be Sir
9: Gideon Vale. Oh,
3: please. Need we be so formal? Just so, we'll be fine. Eleanor, one of your friends rang. They want you in town. No idea why? Presumably there's a sale on herds.
9: But I've
8: just poured.
3: Well, I won't waste it. Get along. Let's not cause a scene.
8: Good day, Professor.
9: Good day.
3: So, I take it you want to see the labs?
9: Sent
0: in
1: Rachel? A full military inspection could have been viewed as provocative. But a well regarded scientist? Far less likely to alert
0: their suspicions. But Rachel was on leave. She's not sure if she wants anything more to do with
1: countermeasures. That's why I didn't tell her it was us. As far as she's aware, it's a fact finding mission for the government. I do hope you didn't disabuse her of that notion.
5: No.
0: She found something. Nothing about the rocket. Something far more troubling. Oh? The doctor's assistant, a girl called Ace, seems to be working undercover as a maid. Ah, then it would appear we're on the correct track. She also said security there was through the roof. Vale has practically a private army.
1: He is dealing with nuclear weaponry. In the circumstances, it's hardly injudicious.
0: Nonetheless, I'd feel more comfortable if you'd allow me to lend a hand.
1: No, I've a far more appropriate application of your talents.
0: Infiltrating
1: D.N., I suppose. Of course not. I want you to speak to Amanda Caulfield. Mulrhyne's girl? But that's ridiculous. I never thought I'd hear you complain about dallying with a young lady.
0: If what you say is true, DN is a borderline terrorist organisation.
1: And your military? Through and through. They'd recognise you as a plant from a hundred yards in the dark, whilst looking the other way. Covert operations are scarcely your speciality. I hardly think that's fair. They're a potentially dangerous organisation. They'll conduct background checks, psychological evaluations. They won't let anyone in unless they fit the profile. At this short notice, we needed someone who already matched. So, who did you pick? Who did we select to infiltrate an anti-nuclear commune full of beatniks in duffel coats? Who do you think...
0: And you're fine with this, Miss Williams?
10: Not exactly, but I've no choice. I suppose after what we've been through, extremist protesters should be a walk in the park.
0: Shoreditch was rather traumatic for all of us. Nobody would have blamed you
10: if you hadn't stayed on. Really? Rachel had gone. I couldn't leave you in the lurch.
0: I don't think we're not grateful.
10: I don't. Anyway, I think I'd go mad if I was stuck at home all day. End up Julian's test case, not his girlfriend.
0: Yes. Far be it for us to destroy the golden romance. For what it's worth, I agree. Work's the best way to take your mind off it all.
10: Speaking from experience, are we? Is this the woman you're interviewing? Yes. Striking.
0: If you like that sort of thing. She'll be here in a few hours. Toby's having her brought in. She's been in hiding, keeping her face out of the papers. But even she can't escape his wily gaze. Take care. If things start getting sticky, if you feel out of your depth in any way... I know who to call. Thank you. Don't mention it.
10: If the doctor's back, we're in an awful lot of trouble, aren't we? Yes.
0: Yes, I'm very much a very well.
3: The last ten years or so, I've seen a gradual waning away of everything that made our country good, Professor Jensen. Swears... We're a shadow of our former self. We're merely Britain. It is time to become great once more.
9: And you think Starfire will do that?
3: I'm certain it will. For too long now, the United Kingdom has languished in the muddy backwaters of international affairs, a second-class country. Many of us have dreamt of being returned to the world stage. Starfire is that dream made real. I thought
9: it was just a missile.
3: It is far more than just a missile. It's a statement of intent. The major failing of Blue Streak was its susceptibility to preemptive strike. Starfire has all that destructive power and more, yet it's much smaller. It can be launched portably from an undetectable submarine, a roaming plane, even a small truck. Gosh! It's fast. By the time it reaches its target, they've barely noticed the launch. Scarcely any time to retaliate. It only arms itself halfway through its flight. So plenty of time to abort. And most importantly of all, we've developed a contained nuclear warhead. Devastation would be wide-ranging. But the radiation released, comparatively minor. Less chance of nuclear winter. An attack on Russia would leave the UK practically untouched.
9: You're saying it's a first strike with no consequences? Isn't that a little irresponsible?
3: They're called deterrents for a reason, Professor Jensen. Mutually assured destruction is a powerful threat, but that's its very problem. No one truly believes another country will voluntarily take an action leading to its own inevitable destruction. But an action, it will survive. Now that's a different matter.
9: What can I say? It's, if nothing else, it's a huge leap of technology.
3: (laughs) Whilst tomorrow is only going to be a dummy warhead, thanks to Mr MacMillan's lovely treaty, I think its message shall be quite clear. Mess with us, and the flames of heaven will rain down upon you. Hence the missile's name. Exactly. I've taken the fires of the gods themselves.
9: You're a modern Prometheus. Quite. Right. Wasn't that the subtitle of Frankenstein? Shall we continue? Do I lunch? I was promised lunch. Uh,
0: yes, I'll have a word with the canteen. Cheers. Oh. Well? The girl was next to useless.
1: I'm sorry to hear that.
0: Does she not like men in uniform? She liked me well enough. Just had nothing to say. No real interest in the world beyond the confines of her little tiny flat. Didn't even seem bothered about the death of someone she'd, she'd been acquainted with. Pity. No useful deeds at all. Oh, not really. Said it was possible Mulrine had accidentally leaked information. Left a briefcase behind one day. She put it aside... Next time she looked, it had gone. But that was after further visits from both Mulrhyne and Salinsky, so she can't be certain who took it. Beyond that, nothing. You think she's a dead end? Unfortunate turn of phrase, but yes.
1: Hmm. We should still keep an eye out for the Russian, regardless.
0: I did have one other thought, though. Mm Mm-hmm. You said Ritchie couldn't have been acting alone. We know his affiliation with D.N., but maybe there's someone on the inside. A possible sympathiser.
1: Had you anyone particular in mind? Yes, Rutherford. John Rutherford, really?
0: Think about it. An independent elected on an anti-nuclear platform, You certainly have a lot of affinity with their cause.
1: I suppose so.
0: More than that, he wanted me, at Mulrhyne's press conference, watching. Almost as if he knew something was going to happen.
1: But why would he wish you to attend? You foiled Rich's escape. At the
0: cost of his life. Maybe that's what he was banking on. Dead men don't tell tales. I'm not claiming to have all the answers, but it is a solid lead. Would you like to meet Mr Rutherford? Very much.
1: He was elected six months ago. The government had been looking at building American missile bases in his constituency. There was a great deal of public ill will. He got in by a landslide.
0: It's unusual for an independent?
1: You're underestimating the strength of feeling in the area. The Cuban crisis was fresh in their minds. Since then, he's been an assiduous presence in the House, contributing to all the debates, voting on all the issues, although strangely camera shy. He says he didn't enter politics to be a celebrity. Claims it gets in the way of his work. This is him.
0: Not the most prepossessing of offices. Good Lord. Good
1: afternoon. I'm Sir Tobias Kinsella. We have met before. I wanted to introduce you to my colleague, Group Captain Gilmore. He has some questions he wants to ask
6: you. I, uh, hello. Hello. Pleased to meet you, Group Captain. I'm the Right Honourable John Rutherford MP. Won't you come in?
0: possessing of offices
1: good lord good afternoon I'm Sir Tobias Kinsella we have met before I wanted to introduce you to my colleague Group Captain Gilmore he has some questions he wants to ask you
6: I uh hello hello pleased to meet you Group Captain I'm the Right Honourable John Rutherford MP won't you come in
1: well, the rumours were certainly true. i never seen such
6: a Spartan office. I find the clarity focuses the mind. No, Secretary. My assistant is occupied elsewhere. Take a seat, Group Captain. Sorry, Doc. Uh, sir, I'm a bit distracted. That's quite all right. Today's events have been distressing for everyone... I believe you are actually on the scene when the incident took place. I was,
1: yes. Gilmore here ran the cove down, only narrowly
6: missing bringing him in alive. Then distraction is only to be expected. You have the gratitude of the house group, Captain. Best such a dangerous fellow isn't left
1: unchecked. Actually, it's with regards to today's incident that we wanted to talk with you. Oh? Gilmore, if you wouldn't mind. What? The questions you wish to put to the honourable member. Yes, Questions. Of course. Um, those questions. What's up with you, man? Are you quite well?
0: Uh, Not exactly,
1: sir.
6: No matter. Have a glass of water. Thank you. Not a problem. I think I know why you wanted to talk to me. You want to know why I was so interested in that press conference in the first place. The thought had crossed
1: our minds. You specifically requested the group captain's presence, despite never having met him.
6: What can I say? He came highly recommended.
1: And you were convinced all was not well with the Starfire Project?
6: I had rumours to that effect,
1: yes. Rumours? Where from? You wouldn't believe me. D.N., perhaps? Disarmament now? Why might you think that? The last words of our late assassin did imply their involvement. What I find more interesting is that you're already aware of their existence... I don't believe that's exactly broadcast information. As a one-issue politician,
6: I have to keep abreast of all pertinent issues. Even those requiring top-level security clearances? Particularly those. I have friends in high places. So you're denying a connection? Oh, they're connected all right. Just not to me. Is there anything else? I have constituents to serve. Gilmore? Uh,
0: no, Sir No, I think that's fine. Good grief.
6: Then I'm sorry I couldn't be more helpful. Group captain, if anything further leaps to mind, you're welcome to get in touch. Here's my card. Thank you. Good day. Uh, Thank you for your time.
1: What the devil was that? I thought you wanted to talk to him, Gilmore, not sit around sculling water like a blasted goldfish.
0: I'm sorry, sir, it's just... Wait, what the blazes? Oh, good grief, what's that? That's the Deputy Prime Minister's office. Might have been once, but not anymore. That explosion must have taken out three
5: floors.
1: Was he in there? Will someone tell me if he
2: was in there? Miss Williams.
10: Oh, you startled me.
2: I'm sorry, I need to be a bit furtive in my business.
10: I can understand. Do you know what's happening out there? I thought I heard an explosion.
2: You don't say. Word on the street is you wanted in with disarmament now.
10: I, yes. Is that you?
2: Not many people know about DN. Those that do's either with us or in the services. Which is you, I wonder?
10: I was told by David Ritchie. David? Yes, some time back. He was a friend of mine.
2: Was he? Ain't that a coincidence? man goes ape, shoots up an MP, suddenly his old mates come out of the woodwork.
10: We'd lost touch. This morning reminded me of him. What he stood for. What I stood for.
2: So you thought you'd track us down?
10: Last I'd heard, he was with you. People said this pub was a DN hangout. had to be worth a shot.
2: Worth a shot? (laughs) It's ironic term in the circumstances.
10: I suppose, yes.
2: Sorry to disappoint you, Miss Williams, but David was a bit extreme, even for our tastes. We kicked him out two months ago. Oh. And I think this morning proved that was the right choice. Kill someone, you lose the argument, you know what I mean? I think so. We're after a safe and peaceful world. Murder's counterproductive to that, don't you think?
10: Not if you believe it makes people scared. Changes their mind.
2: I'd say the cold hard facts are scary enough. The longer these weapons exist, the greater the chances everyone on this planet's annihilated. We need to get that message out there, get people's attention.
10: Today certainly did that.
2: Yeah, but he don't get them on side. We're a peaceful organisation, Miss Williams. I understand why David did what he did, but I ain't agreeing with his methods. We're more into non-violent protest. That's all? That's all. And that's what we're doing at the launch tomorrow.
10: What are you planning?
2: Now, now, let's not spoil the surprise. I want in. Thought you might. You'll understand if I don't trust you.
10: I wouldn't understand if you did. Do whatever you want. Check my history. Talk to your colleagues.
2: Oh, I will. I'll let you know. One thing. Yeah?
10: I'd like to know who I'm dealing with too. What's your name?
2: It's <laughs> My name?
10: I don't trust you either. Perhaps I should do some checks of my own.
2: Regan. Martin Regan. See you tomorrow.
10: Oh yes, you certainly will.
9: and back where we started five o'clock she wasn't wrong about the tour taking hours this place is vast you can't
3: change the world in miniature professor Starfire is but one of myriad projects i'm undertaking
9: it dwarfs every lab we've got at cambridge i can tell you that and yet still there's more sorry we haven't been in this section have we
3: Ah, no, but there's a good reason for that. That wing contains my most sensitive experiments and technology. Access is with security clearance only, and you don't have it.
9: But I presume you do.
3: Oh, don't get me wrong. I'd like nothing more than to show you what we're working on through there. It really is most exciting. But rules are rules. I I can't make exceptions for anyone. Anyone.
9: Don't you trust me?
3: Now, isn't that a question? Sir Gideon? Yes, Dorothy.
11: Lady Vale's returned from her shopping trip. She was wondering when you wanted dinner.
3: The usual time. Oh, and um no pork. You people don't like pork, do you? I have got that right, haven't I? Yes. If you could pass that on to the chef then, Dorothy.
11: Very good, sir.
9: Actually, um if you could stay one moment, I... Uh... Yes?
3: Did you want her for something?
9: Miss? I I might need some help unpacking this evening, getting ready and so on. I wonder if I could steal Dorothy, just to
3: give a hand. Well, I'm not sure that's possible.
11: Uh, it's quite all right, sir. I believe I'm already roted on to assist Professor Jensen.
3: Really? And I believe the correct word is rusted. Very well, we can't argue with Mr Figgis' organizational skills. By all means, then, you can offer the Professor your services. In the meantime, hurry along and don't keep Eleanor waiting.
11: Yes, sir.
3: Very well, the tour is complete. I look forward to your company at supper. Now, I'll uh, get someone to show you to your room.
9: Thank you.
6: Rather a jaunty little tune, wouldn't you say? For a day when two of your colleagues have been murdered. John Rutherford. Sir Francis White, Secretary of State for Defence. The new Secretary of State for Defence. Yes.
4: I suppose, given your political preferences, a passing visit was inevitable. But today, isn't that a trifle tactless?
6: As tactless as jumping into a dead man's career before his lovely leather-style seat has even gone cold.
4: Given tomorrow's launch, the PM wanted someone in place immediately.
6: And you were more than happy to offer your services.
4: Not happy, exactly.
6: But a man does what he must for his country. And the DPM... Does the Prime Minister want him replaced quickly, too?
4: The fires aren't even out, and you ask me
6: that. Don't pretend to be offended. It doesn't suit you.
4: There's no immediate necessity. The party selected a senior member to keep the seat warm in the interim, but the due processes will be followed in time.
6: And this senior member would be
4: the Chief Whip, Sir Robert de Vere. Ah, you know, I have the funniest feeling you're right. I think it might be, De Vere.
6: Interesting.
4: How so? Sir Robert seems an excellent choice. He's very capable. I'm sure
6: he is. But of what?
4: Did you want something? Only
6: some of us have actual work to do. It struck me as strange, that's all. Huh? The targets. Unusual choices, wouldn't you say? A soon-to-be disgraced minister and a deputy leader of one month. Hardly the most eye-catching or powerful prey.
4: Terrorism is not reasonable behaviour, John. We can hardly take its perpetrators to task for failing to match our own logic. Their choices will be irrational by definition. It's opportunism. Copycats inspired by recent tragic events.
6: They picked the best targets they could. Of course, the selection does make rather more sense if you view it as manoeuvring pieces into position placing particular people at key structural points within an organisation, the British government, say?
4: I'd wash your tone if I were you. Yes, Minister. Who are you? No one of consequence. I don't doubt that. Whoever you are, I'm going to tell you this once and once only. You are out of your depth. You are dealing with something far outside the realms of your understanding, and I would advise you to steer well. And I would advise you to leave these people alone. So, you're a dead
6: man? You might very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment.
4: Get me Regan.
10: Regan, eh? Martin Regan, yes. That's what he said. No idea if that's his real name or what his position with them is. But it's something to
0: run with. I'd say so. Good work, Alison. We'll make a spy out of you yet.
10: Oh, I do hope not.
0: <laughs> Go home, get some rest. I'll put the records, boys, onto this, see what we can't find.
10: All right. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Good night. Good night.
1: I assure you we're giving the matter our utmost attention. And to you, Prime Minister.
0: Uh, that was Alison. We've got a name.
1: About time. I've just had the PM on the line. He's spitting feathers. Understandably, I'd have thought. He's got everyone on it. Scotland Yard, MI5, even the Coast Guard and the Salvation Army, as far as I can tell. He wants this sorted as soon as possible. We're
0: doing our best,
1: Sir Toby. Then do better. You wanted something to prove your value something I can actually tell people about. Well, this is your opportunity. Get out there and solve it. Then you'll have all the funding you require. Sir. Now, I won't be coming in tomorrow, Gilmore. The PM has asked me to join him at the launch. If there is anything untoward happening with Starfire, I would appreciate it if you could endeavour to have it cleared up long before any imminent risk to my own personal safety. That would be most kind.
0: I'll keep trying. I'm meeting a contact tonight who should be able to provide me with some leads.
1: I'm glad to hear it. Do keep me informed.
11: Come in. Professor Jensen, I'm here for that help you wanted.
9: Yes, thank you. Close the door.
11: Ma'am? All right, Professor! Hey! <laughs> Usually I say that to someone else. So
9: it is you. Of
11: course it's me! Don't think they give these good looks out with cornflakes, do you?
9: Ian he said he'd seen the doctor in London.
11: You mean Gilmore? Yeah, the doctor said he was going to see him. I got you.
9: My own personal maidservant.
11: Had to fix the butler's rotors, but he's sweet on me. That's no trouble. And Lady Vale isn't going to complain I got shifted. She doesn't like me very much. Mind you, I have been messing things up a bit. Deliberately, of course.
9: What's going on? I thought this was just a fact-finding mission. But if you two are around, I'm starting to have my doubts. Is something wrong with Starfire?
11: Ah, now that is the question, isn't it?
9: What a stupid place to meet,
6: can't see oh,
11: Blasted animal! I wouldn't be too cruel to
6: cats. I was quite fond of them a lifetime or so back. Doctor,
0: or would you prefer Mr Rutherford?
6: Did you get it? Ernest Rutherford, the father of nuclear physics. It seemed appropriate. Usually I'd have gone for John Smith But an MP with that name, seven years early Might have confused the voters of Lanarkshire Sorry? You'll figure it out, in time I did
0: Thank you for the note, written on your business card
6: Very clever I wasn't sure if I could trust Sir Tobias You
0: can't, not
6: remotely
0: But that's precisely why you can He's reliably unreliable, if you get my drift
6: Man after my own heart Uh, Except you're not a man And I have two hearts I think that proves my point. You've seriously spent six months here working as a politician? Several more if you count the initial campaign. It was as good a cover as any. Fascinating stuff. I always thought I'd make an excellent politician. Turns out I was right. And without cameras in the house or the internet, it's easier to avoid the eyes of my earlier incarnations. There's at least five of us around at this time period, and two of them are me. I barely
0: understand a tenth of what you say.
6: Don't worry. I only follow a quarter of it myself.
0: All right then, all right, you've got me here. I think I deserve some answers. Why don't you tell me what's going on? You know, Group Captain,
9: I've absolutely no idea. You don't know?
11: Knowing's what the Doctor does. I just blow things up. It's much easier.
9: I can see that. Though I'd prefer it if you didn't feel the urge to blow up a nuclear missile.
11: No immediate plans, but I'm not making any promises.
9: That's a comfort.
11: The Doctor's certain something's wrong with Starfire, but he's not sure what. Needed someone on the scene to look into it. So
9: he sent me here?
11: No, me! Keep up, you're just a coincidence.
9: I'm a mathematician. I don't believe in them. I've been set up. That's a Toby Ian told me about. He's a wily one by all accounts. It'll be his fault. Honestly, I've never felt so used. If I wasn't planning on quitting already, I'd resign.
11: Well, you're here now, so let's make the best of you. We need to break into the secret wing. The one Veil wouldn't let us in? That's the monkey. I've checked everything else out and it's above board. Whatever they're working on, it's in there. But I can't get through.
9: No key code?
11: Been trying to crack that one for days. No go. I've hidden nearby when they go inside, but the numbers change every time.
9: Hmm, sounds like they're using an algorithm.
11: Sounds like you might know how to crack it.
9: I might. Computer programs are my speciality.
11: Ace. Then after dinner, we meet back here and see what we can do. I'll set up a distraction to throw off the guards.
9: What sort of distraction?
11: Take a wild guess.
0: Doctor, you'll forgive me if I'm a little disappointed. Last time we met, you were the fount of all knowledge, but this time you're behind on the
6: play. Yes, it is rather your fault, I'm afraid. Mine? Ace found your memoirs in a bookshop. I haven't written any memoirs. It was a bookshop in 2013. They're not published for quite a while yet. We're time travellers as well, did I not mention that? You know what? From now on, I'm going to smile and nod. Naturally, she looked herself up in the index, found a brief mention of our encounters in Shoreditch and an intriguing reference to a second meeting around the time of the Starfire Affair. Saying what? Pretty much just that. Men should be saving your life, but in other aspects you were disappointingly circumspect. So you decided to follow it up? It would have been rude not to, especially, as you said, I was the one who prevented Richie from killing you. But since memoir me is vague on the
0: details, you don't know anything else that's going on. Well, there's an easy way to solve that. When I get round to writing them, I won't hold anything back. This time, I'll give it a full word.
6: Oh, no, you can't do that. Not now, I've told you. What? It's a closed loop. I only came back because I read it, and I only read it because I came back. It's paradoxical enough without you moving the goalposts. No, when you write it, it has to stay as it is.
0: In other words, the reason I'm annoyingly vague is because you've just told me to be. Yes,
6: I suppose it is. It appears I only
0: have myself to blame. On the bright side, at least it makes me bulletproof. No one can kill me till I've written
6: it. I'm afraid it doesn't work like that. You might start acting with reckless abandon because you believe the foreknowledge makes you indestructible. Taking risks you otherwise would have avoided, and those might be the risks that kill you. You'll only survive to write them if you believe you're mortal, which is what you are. Confusing, isn't it? Very. Well,
0: you must have found something out if you've been working here six months.
6: I have. Given my position, I was able to access some of the files on Starfire. Highly advanced. They've convinced me of one thing. Which is? That the technology is far outside your species' capabilities. Oh, no. Whatever we're dealing with here is from another world.
0: Are you saying Gideon veils an alien? He looks completely human. So
6: do I. Yes. Mm, point taken. you battle one end of the xenomorphic spectrum. Time to battle the other. Oh, I hope it doesn't come to that. We sent Rachel in there. Huh? And I sent Ace. I know. Get some rest. I'll keep digging. I think I've already identified more conspirators. Who knows what else I might discover. Come to my office tomorrow. Eight o'clock. Uh, I'll let you know. Don't you sleep? Sleep is where we go when we are bored of consciousness. And I'm not yet bored. No, who said that? No. I did. Just now. You should pay more attention. Good night, Hi. group captain. Good night.
4: Mr. Regan, gentlemen, ladies You're late There were cordons in Whitehall
2: No idea why Security's quite tight this evening for some reason. This is stuff. As requested. Good. All right, you lot. They're in the back of the van. One uniform each. Get a move on.
4: I tried to reach you earlier. I was putting the word out. Had a rather disturbing visitor this afternoon. Oh? John Rutherford? They're independent. I think there's more to him than meets the eye. How so? I'm not sure. But he made insinuations, suggestions about me and Devere. I'm not sure how, but he knows.
2: I'm certain he knows. Interesting. I had a visitor this afternoon too. Who? Young girl, Alison Williams. Seemed very interested in Dien's rougher side. Background checks out, but I don't know. Something don't smell good. It's not only us. They were looking into the Russian. Salinsky's out of the country. Nothing to worry about there.
4: Vale tells me they've even had a visitor at the mansion. A professor. The humans suspect
2: something. Ah, no, that don't matter. Can't stop us with suspicion, can they? You think two deaths are enough? You know, to sell it? These things come in threes. We're an extremist organisation. Two assassinations seems practically conservative. You had someone else in mind? It just struck me we could get rid of both our problems in one go. Wipe the slate clean, as it were. Yeah. Do it. I'll get onto Vale.
4: Make sure this professor's watched. Look at them. Humans. So easily pleased. Remember, remember, the 30th of November. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it, does it? Don't worry. No one's going to forget
11: this. Ever. There we go. Nitro, nine o'clock. That should have got the guards' attention. Did it have to be such a big explosion? Subtlety's overrated. Ever heard of an understated distraction?
9: I'm only glad you didn't blow this door up.
11: Don't think I didn't consider it. How's it going? Well, it's advanced,
9: certainly, but then so am I. coding's only as complex as it needs to be. I don't think they anticipated being burgled by someone with a PhD. <laughs> the only problem is security. Oh? Mm, it's incredibly sophisticated. I might be able to get around it, but it'll take
11: time. Even then, it's not certain. Use this. What is it? Beats me. One of the doctor's gizmos. Said it might be useful. Apparently it sets up false trails within security networks. Lies to them a bit. Uses their defences against themselves. That'll distract the system. If you say so. And it appears to work. What did I tell you? Open sesame!
9: I suppose so. Here we go.
11: Wicked.
9: Bit gloomy.
11: Moody blue lighting. The traditional choice of the megalomaniac supervillain about town. Good job I brought torches. Here. Good
9: lord. Certainly ferreted away a lot of stuff in here.
11: Recognise any of it? Not remotely. Ha, thought as much. Alien tech. You're kidding me. Aliens? Again? Looks like it.
9: I knew Starfire was quite the breakthrough, but extraterrestrial in origin? I should have stayed at home.
11: Ah, you get used to bug-eyed monsters eventually. Hazard of the job hanging out with the doctor and me.
9: Which I didn't ask to do.
11: You love me, really. Semi-psychic communications and control networks. Advanced processing. Even in my time, these computers would be well sophisticated. Anything in those papers? Maps? Blueprints? These look like coordinates. What's the
9: typeface? I can't read them.
11: No idea. Jupiter bold? Isn't from Earth, that's for sure. The doctor will know. Is that a camera? It's tiny. The doctor keeps me up to date. I'm right, Mission Impossible me. Sorry? Hmm. Nothing else. One day we'll get the only retentive bad guy who writes everything down in a big folder marked secret plans, but not today. And another sealed room. Give me a second. This one's rather more complicated. That is quite the stockpile of military hardware.
9: More than that, quite the stockpile of starfires.
11: What? I thought that was just one missile.
9: So did I. So did everyone else. Looks like Sir Gideon has been collecting them. Missiles and warheads.
11: That doesn't sound good. He expecting a war?
9: Or planning on starting one?
11: This is far
9: more than he needs for a test. A dummy test.
11: Why is there a freezer down here? Sorry. Big freezer, look. I know this is an affluent society and all, but who keeps their frozen foods next to the nuclear warheads? Health and safety would do their nut. Ace? Let's see what you've got in here. Ah,
9: Ace. I think you ought to see this.
11: Likewise, Professor. Either this is the not quite terminal Walt Disney, or he's got a dead man in his fridge. And an enormous bomb in his basement. What? Over there. Alien tech again, yes,
9: but I know a bomb when I see one. And I'm guessing that's not got any practical purpose during the launch. You're guessing correctly.
11: Forty-something dead dude, four-ton bomb, an arsenal of nuclear missiles. You're getting the feeling he's a bad guy.
9: I'm getting the feeling we should get
11: out of here. Probably a good plan. Let's lock this place up, like we were never inside. Well,
3: well, well. What have we here?
9: Suppose you're not going to believe sleepwalking?
3: Professor Jensen, you disappoint me. I wouldn't have had you down as a spy.
11: That's precisely the sort of person who makes the best one.
3: Yeah, I suppose so. (laughs) That's Cambridge for
11: you. All right, Lord Snooty, the Professor's not the one to blame here. She was only doing what I told her.
3: Which was what, exactly? Take advantage of your employer's naivety?
11: Don't give me that. We've seen what you've got in there. What are you planning? What are you doing tomorrow?
3: What I must. Take them away, lock them up. They can't be allowed to interfere.
8: No, let uh, let me go. You're not going to win, you know. We'll
3: stop you. Pathetic.
2: What? What the? Miss Williams.
10: What, What are you doing here? This is my flat. Get out.
2: Now, now, where's your hospitality? Thought you wanted to help us. Hold her down.
10: Get, get off me. You know what my
2: greatest disappointment is? Alison. I can call you Alison, can't I? No. Lovely. It's the way so many people talk the talk, but don't walk the walk, you get me? Say they want to change the world, but when push comes to shove they ain't terribly willing. When you ask them to actually kill someone, they don't want to know. Where's their radical action then? You're a maniac! Yeah, they say that too. So what I mean is, Sometimes they gotta be persuaded. What? What is that? You wouldn't have the faintest idea. Let's just say it makes sure our more reluctant colleagues cooperate. What? What? Our next targets are set. Couple more dead bodies for DN's tally. Cells a lie. Tomorrow morning you walk into Whitehall. Shoot John Rutherford. Then Ian Gilmore. Then yourself.
10: Rutherford. Gilmore. Myself.
2: And everyone's happy. Tomorrow's when the world changes, Alison. Tomorrow's the day when nothing stays the same. The sky will burn. Millions will die. And anyone that survives will see the light.
6: Do come in. Morning. Ah, the redoubtable group captain. I hope the return suitably refreshed, revitalized and reinvigorated.
0: Not at all. Barely slept a wink.
2: Oh, what a pity. I
0: kept turning it over in my mind. Doctor, I'm not going to lie, I can't make head nor tail of this business. So many different aspects.
6: If there's any consolation, I do think they're all relevant and connected.
0: Arms manufacturing millionaires, anti-nuclear extremists and incompetent politicians connected. That'd be even
6: Russian spies. I wouldn't worry about Zelensky. He flew out of the country yesterday. What do you know about him? I'm not tall. It's easy to keep my ear to the ground. No, he was smuggled out. That's the odd thing. No... It was practically brazen. Simply boarded a flight out of London Airport. Easy as you please. Almost as if he were helped. I have the report here somewhere.
0: Damn the report. That man was dangerous. We've no idea what information he might have stolen off Mulrhyne.
6: Group captain, I just... If he gets to Moscow, who knows what manner of hell might get unleashed. We could be looking at World War III. Group captain, I said not to worry, and I meant it. Steps are underway. I'd never allow that to happen. You Let it be! No, if you insist, though, I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about any of it. But if I'm right, it's a temporary state of affairs. It'll all be over by this evening.
0: You've found something out?
6: I'm still not sure precisely what they're planning, but hopefully Rachel and Ace will be able to supply me with that information. No, I've been tracing the personal histories of our conspirators. Vale? Vale, White and De Vier. Oh. It seems they've been connected to each other for quite some time. In what way? They we went to school together. Public school. Wh- which one? Hardine. Oh. It appears to be rather exclusive. Hardine, Isn't that a coincidence? Isn't it?
0: They weren't the only ones there. This chap went as well. That photo is of Martin Regan, Allison's contact with D.N. He's an old boy too.
6: My, it's all rather coming together, isn't it?
4: Just wait here, driver.
8: Francis, how lovely to see you again.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eleanor, a delight as always. It's been far too long. When did we last have the pleasure?
8: Harold's garden party, wasn't it? I think it was.
4: We must meet more frequently. I've been bereft. Truly.
3: I see my chauffeur's arrived. Pity they couldn't have sent a good one. Gideon? Francis White, you old dog. Let you off your leash again, have they?
4: Someone has to um, root for truffles, as it were.
5: <laughs>
4: Excellent.
8: Now, I believe you don't have to head to the launch for a few hours. Would you care to come inside, Sir Francis? Take advantage of the facilities? Have you had breakfast cooked as a wondrous kedjury?
4: Actually, I was wondering if I couldn't have a word with your prisoners. Prisoners,
3: Gideon? I prefer the term restricted house guests. There's nothing to worry about, Eleanor. We, We had a little difficulty last night. The professor and Dorothy proved a tad unreliable. And the bomb, protesters, it would appear. We found them in the
8: restricted wing. That's monstrous. The restricted wing. The girl, yes. But Jensen, she was our guest. She drank my tea.
3: Sadly, it appears, even the imbibing of tea is not a sure signifier of civilised behaviour. I had them locked upstairs. In the circumstances, I deemed it prudent. Naturally. Of course you may speak with them, Francis. Someone will show you the way. I'll organise the loading.
6: Odd. Veil, De Vere, and White were all in the same year, but Regan was a couple below. Is it significant? I'm not sure. Best to consider everything, I find. So, those three are approximately the same age. I wonder. Now let's see how far back their association extends. Mm, rum sort of chap, this
0: Regan. Vanished nine months ago, apparently. This is the first time he's resurfaced. The worry was, he was being trained as a mole. According to that report, he's long been regarded as a potential fifth columnist for Mother Russia.
6: Yes, but that bit of the report's a forgery. What? The whole page is a later edition. Now look. They've made every effort to match it to the others, to fit it in. But the grain is slightly different. The paper a touch newer. All the T's are a fraction misaligned. Whereas on the other sheet... They're perfectly level. Good Lord, you're right. Someone attached this information after the report was compiled. They wanted you to think that he had communist sympathies, when that couldn't be further from the truth. Why on earth would anyone want to fake communist sympathies? Hmm. To this day and age, I've no idea. But I've some very nasty suspicions. Aha. Have you found something? White and Nivea were born in the same exclusive private hospital, founded in the 1850s. Only the richest of the rich need apply. Well, what about Regan and Thale? Much more conventional. Now, I wonder why that might be.
11: Come on then, Blofeld! Open up! Stroke, your cat! What's the point of keeping us alive if you don't pop in for a gloat? Oh, you have to do that. I didn't sleep well. At least you've got the bed. Never like kipping on sofas. Technically, it's a chaise longue. Whatever. I want them in as soon as pos, so I can smack them with the curtain
9: rod. Let's wait, shall we? They're keeping us alive for a reason. They'll open up when they're good and ready.
11: Yeah, ready to drop us in a tank of radio-controlled piranhas or something. I don't know about you, but I don't fancy being fish food this time in the morning. What are you talking about? James Bond films. Oh, you know... How many have you had now?
9: Two, I think. Not exactly my thing.
11: Oh, that explains it. Well, don't worry. You're going to love Goldfinger. Aye, aye. What did I say? OK, be ready. Ah!
4: I think not. You really are an imbecilic creature. Oh. Did you seriously think I wouldn't anticipate an attack?
11: All right. Oh, yeah, you can't blame a girl for trying.
4: No. But I can blame you for being an idiot. Hey! Let's not waste time. Who are you? You're working with Rutherford. Is that right?
9: Rutherford? Who's Rutherford?
11: Never heard of him.
4: Also, a group Captain Gilmore and Miss Allison Williams.
9: Alison? She's involved in this mess too. Rachel? Ah.
4: Well, that at least confirms one connection. I'm sorry. Who are you?
11: Oh, just your standard Commonore Garden anti-nuclear protesters. Ow! Oh, uh, Ace!
4: Oh, I'm sorry. You appear to have mistaken me for a credulous fool.
11: You didn't have to do that! All right, face sake, you're gonna pay for that!
4: You clearly display knowledge far ahead of this planet's capabilities.
9: What can I say? I'm brilliant!
4: You're able to identify alien technology as being alien technology, and not merely advanced beyond your pitiful comprehension. You operate anachronistic equipment of your own. Tell me, Professor, you're the mathematics expert. That isn't a difficult sum to add up, now is it? You're not talking. Never mind. It's not a priority. There'll be plenty of time to persuade you later.
11: You're not gonna kill us?
4: No, of course not. Call me naive, but I think murder's a little frowned upon. Why rush into these things? People would miss you. They would ask questions. When you die, it will be with an awful lot of pre-planning, and a scapegoat ready and waiting to take on the blame. We are very, very good at this, you understand?
11: Leaving us alive is the biggest mistake you're gonna make. Ace, uh, let's not say anything hasty. Whatever you're up to, it's over. You might as well give up now, because we're gonna stop you.
4: You are gorgeous, never change. Enjoy your day. It's the last pleasant one you'll have.
6: This is the place? Rather heavily guarded for a maternity hospital, wouldn't you say?
0: If it is the birthplace of choice for our country's elite, there's a lot of valuable children in there. Must be awfully tempting for a criminal element. It's called kidnapping for a reason.
6: But even so, dozens of armed guards. That's high-level military or intelligence establishment, not nursery. Let's ask if visiting hours are in operation. Good morning, Mr. Guard. My friend here is soon to become a father. Good grief. And he's heard wonderful things about your operation. We wondered if we could pop in and take a quick look at your facilities.
4: Only approved visitors may enter. You are not approved. Please vacate the premises. Seems a little harsh.
6: We'd be no trouble. We're more than willing to let one of you fine fellows follow us around. Please vacate the premises. We could make a substantial donation to the hospital funds. You know, Group Captain, I'm getting the distinct impression this gentleman wants us to depart. The mm, thought had crossed my mind.
4: Please vacate the premises.
6: Oh, absolutely. Consider them vacated. Sorry to have troubled you. Uh, that was rather peculiar. More than you think. Did you hear that faint buzz to their weaponry? Yes. Now you mention it, what does that mean? That they're designed to look like rifles, but they're actually hugely advanced pieces of military hardware. Oh, alien? You're catching up, group captain. Back to my office. I want to see if there's a word from Ace. I believe we're heading into the end game.
3: Here we are. Starfire's carriage awaits.
8: Seems an awfully big truck for one missile.
3: Oh, there's a lot of equipment we need to carry with it. Safety systems, supports, computers, etc. Isn't that right, Francis? It will be a little cramped in there, I'm afraid. Well, we all have to make sacrifices.
6: Ace is under strict instructions to report in on a regular basis. I want to make sure she's all right.
0: And I want to check in with Alison. She needs to see this file on Regan, know who she's dealing with.
6: Yes, speak of the devil. Alison, put the gun down.
10: I... I don't understand.
6: What don't you understand, Miss Williams?
10: You're the doctor. I was told to expect Rutherford. Rutherford? Oh, oh, there's no one of that name here. I have to kill John Rutherford, then Ian Gilmore. Steady on. Then myself. You're not John Rutherford.
6: No, I'm not. So you can't shoot me. And if you have to do them in order, well, you can't shoot anyone else either. Well, that's a blessed relief. Not until John Rutherford is dead. And he isn't here.
10: I have to find him. Now, what's the hurry? Just when we were getting on so well. I must do this. You really don't. Gilmore, now! Uh, no! Oh, don't try. I've
6: got the gun. Uh, and I've got her. Now, listen to me, Alison, listen. Now, look into my eyes. This is not you. This is not who you are. You are Alison Williams, and you are not a killer. I... You are a brilliant scientist with a spectacular future. The fastest doctorate in Cambridge's history.
10: I... I'm Alison Williams.
6: And I'm the doctor, and this is Group Captain Gilmore. That is a desk, and that is a kettle. This is the world as it really is. A world you can come back to. A world where your mind is free of whatever machinations have been acted upon it. Yes. Come back to us, Alison. And sleep. sleep. Oh, God. And relax. What the blazes just happened here? Attempted assassination. Put the tea on, would you, Group Captain? Gideon, are you
8: certain you don't want me to come
6: with you?
3: I told you, it'll be a very boring day. Lots of press and politicos having dreadfully dull conversations about dreadfully dull things. You know how dreary these people can be. No offence, Francis. None taken. I- I'm going to have to spend most of the time with the Prime Minister. What a shower that man is. Wouldn't want to put you through that. Well,
8: if you insist.
3: I do. Oh, and whilst we're gone, if you could avoid mentioning the prisoners to anyone, that would be lovely. We can deal with them later. Though. Is it fully packed?
4: So I'm told. Your men have been working all morning.
3: Well, then we should be heading off. To Kent and history. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. <laughs> the news should prove interesting.
11: Well, there they go. The caravan of courage. Whatever they're up to. They're off to do it now,
9: and there's no possible way we can stop them.
10: I don't know what happened. Last thing I remember was going to bed. Something happened in the middle of the night, but it's a blur. Next thing I know, I'm asleep on the floor of your office.
6: Hypnosis? Not by the common definition. This is a full-on brain manipulation.
10: Doctor, what are you doing here?
6: Oh, it's a long story. Group Captain Gilmore can fill you in later.
0: Not sure I can, actually. I'm as lost as a lemming in a labyrinth.
6: Technically, it's impossible to get lost in a labyrinth. It's one long path.
10: I think you mean maze.
6: Is this entirely relevant? Probably not.
10: You're saying I wanted to kill both of you?
6: Yes. But don't worry, you didn't succeed. Is that how D.N. orchestrated the assassinations? Brain manipulation? Not necessarily. You saw Richie in the underground. He wasn't displaying any of the disassociation we saw with Alison. No, I think the sad truth is there are more than enough extremists in this world for them to achieve their aims without resorting to such tactics.
10: But it's definitely D.N. It looks
0: increasingly likely. This Regan chap's certainly involved. Take a look at this file. There's some sort of grand conspiracy going back to their school days.
10: Sorry, who is this?
0: Regan. That's Martin Regan, your contact.
10: No, it's not. Hmm? I've never seen this man before in my life. Ah, interesting. What? That's definitely the chap. It all checks out. It might very well do, but this isn't the man I met yesterday. They look totally different. The man I saw was more jowly, a bit heavier set, far less hair. Of
6: course. I don't understand. I think I do. Miss Williams, what about this gentleman?
10: Yes, that's him. That's
6: Martin Regan. I'm afraid not. Sorry? I think you've been taken for a ride. That isn't our anti-nuclear protester. That is Sir Robert De Vere, the former Chief Whip, now Deputy Prime
2: Minister. All right, people. The missile's on its way to the launch. Time to move out. You know what to do. Make me proud. Make this world a better place. Now while you're doing that, I should probably get ready for office. Breakfast with the Queen, perhaps? Regan's
6: a patsy for whatever's being planned. Probably picked on him because he didn't polish their shoes properly at school or something. You said he vanished earlier this year? Yeah,
0: about nine months ago.
6: Murdered, well, most likely. And since then, they've been setting him and his organisation up to take the fall for whatever they've got planned. Uh, which is? If only I knew.
10: So de Vere took his place? Precisely. Surely someone would have noticed. He's a high-ranking member of the British government. It'd be like Harold Wilson going undercover as the Archbishop of Canterbury. Not with the Chief Whip. Tradition dictates he's secretive.
6: He doesn't give interviews, appear on radio or television, take part in Commons debates. No one knows what he looks like. He's the one person who could get away with it. And now he's deputy prime minister. One of the killings manoeuvred him into that position, yes. I think it's safe to assume the prime minister is one of their next targets. Talk to the prime minister's attending the
0: Starfire launch. Sir so Toby, tell, tell me as much. Then,
6: is there a chance it'll
0: happen there. So
10: that's where we're going?
6: That's where you're going. We're heading for Vale's mansion.
10: We are? But why? Why not come with me to the launch?
6: Because Vale and White are both there. They won't be risking their own lives by making the missile blow up on the launch pad or anything like that. Whatever the scheme is, it's far subtler in nature. Get to the Prime Minister and get him out of harm's way. We'll join you as soon as we can.
0: Because we'll be doing...
6: what exactly? Rescuing Ace and Professor Jensen. I told you, she was supposed to be making regular contact. She hasn't. I rather suspect she's got herself into hot water. She usually does.
5: Give it? Don't
4: worry, Gideon security's more than adequate. They won't get inside. If only they knew what we're doing for
3: them. I'm sure they'd find something to protest about regardless. <sighs> Straight into another scrum. If it wasn't for the press passes, I'd struggle to tell the difference. Quite the crowd. Did you doubt it? Can you supervise the preparations? With pleasure. I'll deal with this lot. It's showtime!
0: This
6: mansion should be up this roadway here. Was it really necessary to muster your men, Group Captain? You know how I abhor violence.
0: Private army, Doctor, remember? If Vale's as dangerous as you say, they're not going to
6: let us waltz
0: in unguarded.
6: But if they've been subject to the same brain alteration as Miss Williams, they might not be aware of what they're doing. You might be opening fire on innocents. Uh, yeah, way ahead of you,
0: Doctor. Stun grenades and tear gas canisters. Bullets are a last resort.
6: I'm not happy about it.
0: And I'm not happy they're holding our friends hostage. If we need to fight our way in, that's what we're going to do. Brainwashed army or no brainwashed army. Except? Except? Except you may not need to.
6: Good lord. What's happened to their security places wide open? No private army, no lock gate.
8: What the devil's going on? All right, gentlemen, stand easy. Let's see what they do. Good
6: afternoon. You must be Eleanor Vale.
8: Yes, I am. And you are?
6: I'm known as the Doctor, and this is Group Captain Gilmore. These are the men of the Intrusion Countermeasures Group. And I presume this is a portion of your own security team?
8: A mere fraction. I'm sorry, if you wanted to see Gideon, you're too late. He headed off to the launch an hour or so back.
6: You must have read about it in the papers. Actually, we were rather more interested in seeing some friends of ours. Professor Rachel Jensen and a girl I should, in the circumstance, refer to as Dorothy. Although I wouldn't do that in earshot.
8: Then I'm sorry to disappoint you. The professor departed this morning. The young lady was removed from my employ at approximately the same time. She'd been stealing the cutlery, you see. Perhaps Professor Jensen gave her a lift to the station. I do hope they haven't had an accident.
6: Unfortunately, they were both under strict instructions to make contact before doing anything of the sort. And we didn't hear from either of them. That's hardly my fault.
8: I believe they're still here. I assure you they're not.
6: I think you're lying. I believe you're holding two women prisoners in that house.
8: But you can't prove it. And without my permission or a warrant, you can't enter without committing an act of trespass. My men would be perfectly entitled to use reasonable force. I've warned you, please, you've no reason to doubt me. He might not, but I have. Oh.
0: Doctor, this young lady and I have met before.
8: I don't think so. I've not had the pleasure. It wasn't a pleasure. I'm sure I'd remember meeting someone as handsome as you.
0: (laughs) You'll find I'm immune to flattery. Don't try it. It's amazing what you can do with makeup. If I wasn't already aware you lot were dabbling in multiple identities, I doubt I'd have noticed this classy society lady was the same woman as the gaudy young thing I interviewed yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Then allow me to refresh your memory. You're going by the name of Amanda Caulfield, former paramour of both our late defence minister and a Russian spy. Doctor, she's one of them. We've got our fingerprints on file. That should be proof enough of dual identity. I reckon that serves as adequate reason to take her into custody and search this house. What do you think, Eleanor?
8: Kill them. Take cover!
1: Yes, Prime Minister, I am aware they're noisy, but it's perfectly all right. They won't get inside. I'm sure the security arrangements are more than satisfactory. They're not going to let any old riff-raff through. This way.
10: Please, I need to get through. I'm a government employee. I'm here on business. And with countermeasures. Here's my pass. All right. Thank you. You don't know how important... Problem? No. No, just remembered something, that's all. Have you any idea where I'll find Sir Toby Kinsella? De Vere?
8: De Vere! Come in, De Vere. This is Vale. We are under attack. Repeat, we are under attack. Stupid
6: stupid! Stupid, stupid! Why did I have to succumb to the sexism of the 60s?
0: Can we save the self-recrimination for later, Doctor? Such as when
6: we've not got people shooting at us? That's why Bill wasn't born at the same hospital as the others! He's not one of them! His wife is!
0: Fascinating, I'm sure. Launch the gas grenades!
8: All right, you two, you're coming with me. I need a host. Where's the other one?
11: Ah! Oh!
9: Did you have to knock her
11: out? What did I tell you? Second time's the charm. I think that counts as a letter of resignation. We're free! Even if there's still a pitched gun battle going on outside? Oh, don't be so negative. Every problem's an opportunity, remember? Tie this one up. I'm going to see if I can lend a hand.
6: Huh. The gas isn't affecting them. The mental manipulation is too strong. They can't fall down for standing up.
0: Then I guess we're in a lot of
3: trouble. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, today is a very special day for this fine country of ours. Once, we ruled the world. We led the forces of freedom to victory
10: It took me a while to recognize him, you see. But when he let me through the gate, there were others. Other faces I knew, and it sort of broke through. The memory. Regan, the man I thought was Regan, raiding my room last night. His men holding me down. It was them. All security guards are members of disarmament now. I don't know how, but everyone looking after this launch is an anti-nuclear extremist. Oh, sorry, I'm babbling. I, I couldn't find Sir Toby, and Vale's one of them. I couldn't speak to him. Somebody thought you might be able to help. This must make no sense at all, Sir Francis. Uh,
4: no, no, it's perfectly
3: clear. Gosh. Extremists, eh? Frightening. Today, we regain our rightful place as a world superpower. And Starfire is the means of that renaissance.
0: Well, Doctor, we're pinned down and they're unstoppable. Any plan will be
6: gratefully accepted. Same plan as always. I like to have an ace up my sleeve. Oh, what the blazes! And right on cue. Excellent. What the devil was that? I told you the mental control was keeping them on their feet when they should have succumbed to the knockout gas. Cut off the mental control. And it immediately affects them. Of course. But what stopped the control signal? Isn't it obvious?
11: Watch it, Chunky.
6: Ace! Not too close. The gas is likely to linger. If
11: you say so, Professor.
6: You figured it out then.
11: I can recognise a mind-control zombie when I see one. They're dead behind the eyes, like a presenter on breakfast TV. Saw the control unit in the basement last night. Just a matter of hitting the right buttons. Hey, you've got to see what else they've got down there.
9: Well, they've cleared it out.
11: You should have seen it, Professor. It was rammed with missiles. Look like Sainsbury's would if it had an armament section.
9: And there was a big bomb. Don't forget the very big bomb. But
11: all this weaponry is now gone. All we're left with is paperwork. Paperwork? Seemingly so. A big truck headed off with the poshos this morning. Mm. Every conversation makes this all more troubling.
6: Not as troubling as this!
11: Oh yeah, the coordinates. We found those last night. Couldn't read them.
6: Of course not. They are written in one of the ancient languages of the cosmos. Fortunately, I'm something of a scholar.
11: You know what they say?
6: Yes. This one is Washington DC and this is New York. Uh, That is Los Angeles and this one here is San Francisco. Blimey. There are dozens. I presume I don't need to go through the entire list? Every major
0: city in America?
6: Precisely. What does it mean? And I guess this launch isn't a test. And it isn't merely one rocket. Multiple missiles with multiple targets and active warheads. Fired directly into the heart of the United States.
0: All the warning systems are focused on Russia. They won't be looking at us. They'll be annihilated. The
9: death toll will be incalculable.
6: Quite. What these people intend is one of the greatest crimes in the history of humanity. Mass murder on an unbelievable scale. The genocide of an entire country. And after that, who knows? And we're the only ones who can stop them. And that's their biggest mistake. Whoever they are, they've messed with the wrong planet. Ladies, gentlemen, let's go save the world.
0: we have enough firepower in this, we to stop anyone. It depends who, who we
6: have, have to, to stop. stop. If Vale isn't involved, they have only one of them on site. Who knows what
11: they intend to do? This one does, but she's too busy napping to talk. Hey, hey, tell her lie, she's awake. Ah,
6: Mrs. Vale, you've rejoined the land of the living.
8: Lady Vale, the correct form of address is Lady Vale. Oh,
6: I don't consider you a lady. I'm not sure what I consider you.
8: Whereas I consider you a worm to be crushed beneath my heel. Charming. I'm not trying to antagonize you. It's a statement, of fact. You people are nothing to me, less than nothing. Why pretend otherwise? Because we're armed and you're tied up. Please, you think that troubles me? If I were you, I'd give up now. You've already lost.
11: Professor, why do we have to bring this cow? She won't talk. On the contrary, I
8: intend to. One only conceals one's intentions if one fears stating them would threaten their success. You think your knowledge could possibly impact our plans? Of course not. Why shouldn't I talk? Perhaps you'll gain a little perspective and realize the futility of your actions.
6: I doubt it, but don't let that trouble you.
8: Have you ever heard of... the light? No. I see you have. What's she talking about?
6: The light? But you don't exist. You're a myth. The deluded ramblings of paranoid conspiracy theorists.
8: (laughs) That's what we want you to think.
6: Can't possibly be real.
8: What's she on about? Tell her. Tell her what she's up against. Professor, what's the light?
6: A light? Only the secret rulers of the universe.
4: Now, you will tell me if that hurts. I would so hate to injure a lady.
10: You're tying me to a bomb. Tight knots are the least of my worries.
4: No need to be rude. Just because I'm dabbling in genocide doesn't mean I should forget the social niceties.
10: The one thing I never wanted to be was a damsel in distress. You might as well be twirling your moustache and binding me to a railway track.
4: No, that would be completely impractical. We already had this chamber prepared. Might as well use
10: it. We're directly under the viewing platform, aren't we?
4: Well spotted. A specially designed soundproof box. Just the right size for a clutch of missiles and a large explosive device. Everyone wanted to know why we didn't use Spedadam. Well, Spadadum doesn't have one of these.
10: You're going to blow up the visitors? Wipe out the government? Only the ones
4: we don't like. The rest are perfectly positioned to take control of the crisis. We've been preparing it for months. Didn't you think that the Prime Minister's election was a trifle suspicious? That was us. A fool to take the fall.
10: So kill him, and Devere takes over in the top job.
4: We've been working from the shadows for too long. This planet's all got a bit out of control. Somebody needs to step in and push it back in the right direction. Our direction.
10: But there are hundreds of people up there. You're going to kill them all.
4: Can't make an omelette without breaking a few eggs. And this is a very, very big omelette.
6: The light. I never believed you were real.
8: But we are. Extremely so. She's saying that. what? The Illuminati!
6: If the rumors I heard about the light are true, they're far more insidious.
8: We prefer to be the backroom boys. We allow the crackpots their theories. It muddies the waters, makes it harder to see what's really going on.
6: How did they get here? I imagine it was quite a long time ago. I mean, after all, the nursery was founded in the 1850s. Our initial base of operations, where we are born. Inside regular human children.
8: Yes. That's revolting. There's no cruelty. Simply a few additives to the prenatal drugs, changing the genetic makeup. The child merely grows up. Other. They're never truly human at all. They're cuckoos.
6: I suspect that's the closest analogy.
8: We transcend simple barriers of race and species. The light exists in a thousand forms on a thousand planets. Part of a greater whole traversing all
9: time and space.
6: I'd be impressed if it wasn't so horrifying.
9: Then they what? Inveigle themselves into positions of power? Nothing so mundane. They're
6: already here. Uh, How so?
11: Private hospital.
6: Precisely.
11: Make it exclusive and expensive and the knobs are going to knock down the door.
6: Only the great and the good need apply. Hence, they do.
11: Voluntary invasion. I doubt they'd rush
8: if they knew what we were truly offering. There must be hundreds of them.
6: Hidden away in key political and military positions. But if they've reached that level of control, what's the point of this
0: blasted plan? Why take out America? Surely they're in command there too?
6: Yes i was wondering that myself (laughs) oh come on doctor you can work it out 1850. of course 1850. Uh, well well, don't keep us in suspense you're not as all-knowing and all-powerful as you want us to believe are you when one's
8: work is surreptitious there's always the option for things to go awry primitive species are so hard to predict Professor, what's she talking about?
6: They don't command America, don't you see? 1850, the height of the Empire. If you were a stealth invader looking to take over the world back then, where would you make your base? England. Exactly. But a hundred years later, that choice doesn't seem entirely wise, does it? They backed the wrong horse. Will might not be part of them, but his rhetoric is. That's what they want. That's what this insane scheme is intended to achieve. The return of the British Empire.
10: What are you doing? Inputting
4: the coordinates. They have a certain influence over Starfire at mission control, but this is where the real power lies.
10: I presume I at least live long enough to see the launch?
4: On a brand spanking new black and white TV. But really, It'll only be a minute or so. The moment everyone realizes what's going on, it's time to pull the trigger, and boom. Disarmament now's finest hour, if they did but know it. They proved very useful. Almost a shame to see them go.
10: But someone has to take the rap.
4: Genocide of an innocent nation can be quite hard to sell to the general public. Best to provide them with a ready-made scapegoat. Regan. Such an unctuous little swat. I remember him at school, the fawning bootlicker. We locked him up for months, then murdered him and dumped him in a freezer.
10: To be identified at the scene?
4: With Sir Robert in his place, the assassinations built a DN up as a credible threat, whilst rather conveniently disposing of anyone
10: in our way. A Deputy Prime Minister you didn't want in power? And a
4: Defence Minister keen on scrapping the project in the face of public opposition. That was foolish. But then he'd already established himself as a bit of an idiot, so really it was for the good of the country. There we are. Ready. Just need to check it's aok up top, then I'll pop back to join you. Front row seats.
10: Don't go anywhere. I can hardly wait.
9: But how do they restore the Empire if they're only taking on America? That creates a power vacuum. Russians will be more than willing
6: to fill in. I think they've already got that covered. Solinsky? Exactly. Who?
0: Hey? A Russian spy smuggled out of the country yesterday. He might have stolen top-secret defense information Mulrhyne lost.
8: Don't be stupid. Mulrhyne didn't lose anything. Solinsky didn't steal it. I created documents and gave them to the Russian personally. Why do you think I even bothered consulting with those lowlifes? What was in them? He believes it's the coordinates of every concealed nuclear base in this country. But in reality? A very sophisticated code. When disarmament now commits their atrocity, there'll be anger. Recrimination's demanded. Fortunately, an obvious target will
9: present itself. Russia? Reagan's faked communist sympathies. They'll think he did it for the Reds. I'm struggling to keep up. This is insanely complicated. Almost mad enough to be one of your plans, Professor.
6: I'm not sure if that's a compliment or not.
9: Prime Minister
8: de Vere's first act will be to authorise a first strike upon Moscow, Leningrad, anywhere else we deem fit. They'll retaliate.
6: Which is when the code comes into play.
8: Their missiles will detonate on the launch pad. Combined with our attack, I imagine the effects will be quite devastating.
6: Yet, thanks to Sapphire's unique properties, even amidst the destruction of two superpowers, the United Kingdom will survive unscathed. This is horrible. You're talking about killing millions! And with plausible deniability at every point.
8: Plausible deniability is our raison d'etre. You can hardly be a secret society if you show your hand at every opportunity. Hence killing everyone at the launch,
0: including your DN patsies. Dash dashed awkward explaining why the new Prime Minister was identical to the man who ordered the bombing.
11: That's a point! You're trying to kill everyone
8: at the launch! Actually, it'll take out everything for several miles, so it'll be more, but let's
11: not split hairs. White's there? He's one of them, surely. Very much so. How's that work? He gets killed too.
6: Eleanor, would you care to enlighten us?
8: White's the trigger man. We need someone on scene ensuring it goes without a hitch. We are the light. We are greater than any mere individual. Any of us would willingly give their life in furtherance of our rule. And as if to prove my point.
6: Doctor, look! (sighs) Roadblock! It's the army! I was beginning to think this felt too easy. What do they
2: want? That's right, men. Keep firing! Can't let them
9: disrupt the launch. Make the traitors pay. Out! Get out! That's high. Wasn't planning on stepping into a hail of bullets.
11: Take this one. We don't want to lose her. All right, I can manage. Take cover.
0: Careful. Those are our own men. Aim at the ground. Make them keep their distance.
6: Devere,
8: How the devil did you find us? I think that might have been me. I sort of managed to send Robert a message before you captured me. Did I not mention that? Told him what you were likely to do. You did choose the most obvious route. No wonder
11: she was so smug. She was leading us into a trap. Oh, they're getting closer. Oh! There is one option. Well, don't stand on ceremony, Doctor. I'll take any suggestions you've
6: got. Surrender. What? You're joking. In order to head us off, Devere must have left quickly. He wouldn't have a time to brainwash those soldiers. Mm. Meaning? Oh, meaning they think they're doing the right thing. He's a deputy prime minister. He can sell them alive.
9: It's only a few miles to the launch site. They must think
6: we're planning to attack it. We are planning to attack it. They'll be open to reason. We simply need to talk to them. Rachel,
0: ah. Cardigan. What? It's the closest thing we have to a white flag. They'll shoot it to bits. Would you provide them to shoot you instead? Oh, all right. Take it. I can tie it to a rifle. You think that'll work? There's no better sort than the British soldier, miss. You can trust them implicitly. Always do the right thing.
11: That's not the way I remember
0: it. <sighs> Smith was a uh, aberration. And this is not the time. Get your men to drop their guns. All right, everyone. Cease firing. Cease firing. Arms down. We're putting ourselves at their mercy. All right. We surrender. White flag.
5: Hold your fire.
0: Let's see what happens next. All right, now come in closer. We can negotiate. Right, people, they won't engage unless we open fire, so hold fast. It's imperative we let them blink
8: first. It actually worked. We're going to get through this alive. Sorry to disappoint you. <laughs> Captain, your gun. Oh. Too late. Death to our war, <laughs>
9: She meant what she said about dying for the cause. And now they won't trust us again.
11: Rachel, if we get through this alive, a tip. Never say things like we're gonna get through this alive. All right, as before, aim at the ground, hold them back as long as possible.
6: How's that blasted woman was tied up? She was. Must have dislocated her arms and get free. Amazing willpower.
0: I'll save being impressed for another time. If we live that long.
1: I'm surprised the launch is still proceeding, Mr. Vale, given yesterday's
3: tragic events. I insisted upon it. Anything else would be capitulation. We can't submit to the desires of murderers, even appear to submit. They mustn't be allowed to win. Oh, excuse me, coming through. Oh, is Delightful. Francis, where mm. the blazes have you been?
4: Oh, you know, tying up loose ends, dotting the I's, crossing the T's,
3: as it were. How goes the launch? Well, apparently. Good, good. Everything's coming up roses. Have you met Sir Toby Kinsella? I don't I believe I have. Delighted.
1: That a day for you, old chap.
3: You have no idea. This
4: is launch control. Launch in T-minus 60 minutes. T-minus 60 minutes. I can hardly
6: wait. Do you still have those gas grenades, Group Captain? They're in the rear truck. It's under heavy fire. Can you get to them? In time. Oh. Oh. Which we don't have. They must be ready
0: to launch. There is another option. Two trucks along, there's a motorbike in the back. We can't all get to the missile base in time, but two people might be able to manage it till
11: there. And I think we know it's two! Maintain the barrage! Keep advancing! They can't
2: hold us back forever! What the devil?
6: Professor! I never considered anything else! Head back to the last junction! We can find an alternative route! Copy! Right, people! Hold the line! We've
0: got to give them as much time as we can. I'll try to reach those grenades! I'll get the men to lay down
2: cover! You men! Follow the bike! Stop them! Rest of you, wipe out the convoy!
4: Come on, Francis! So I said, if he was so determined to make a nuisance of himself, he could milk the cow himself. (laughs) (laughs) What's that noise? Sorry? It's coming from your pocket. Oh, this. Prototype. Sort of alert system. Several high-ranking ministers have them. I had no idea they existed till yesterday. I have to deal with a
3: little issue, if you'll excuse me. Strange device. Very. Could you wait here, Toby? I have something that needs my attention. Of course. This is launch control.
4: Launch in 30 minutes. Robert, did you have to do that? These things aren't subtle. It's hardly wise drawing attention. It's an emergency. You've
5: got two hostiles incoming.
4: What? You were supposed to stop them? I stopped most of them. Let's not be overly critical. Mm, It could be worse. I'll step up the launch.
2: Precisely what I was going to suggest. Head for Veils. Open the network the ready, over and out. All right, gentlemen, I have other matters to attend to. Continue the advance, terminate them with extreme prejudice.
9: De going! Got the grenades. How do you work these things? Like this. Oh, simple enough then.
0: Get them to the men! We can lock them out. We might just stand a chance of helping the doctor.
6: Good job you know how to
11: drive one of these things. Yeah. Shame I never passed my test. Hurry. Don't worry. It was only a minor crash. I was out of hospital in months. Gordon Bennett. The various men. They followed
6: us. Six.
4: Sorry to keep you waiting, Miss Williams. This'll be over soon. Thanks. There's the odd spanner in the works. Plans might need to be adjusted. Nothing we can't handle. So glad. Very soon the missiles will be flying, and civilization as we know it will be destroyed forever. What's this? Ah. Why's that girl tied up? Is that a bomb? Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. I can explain. This is not what it looks like. I'm not actually human. I'm an alien being. Planning to wipe out Russia and America and restore the British Empire.
3: Francis, what are you talking about?
4: Starfire, of course.
3: What on earth? How do you have to. Multiple missiles, multiple tactical strikes on key cities. I nearly finished altering
4: the launch codes.
3: I can't believe I'm reading this. It's audacious, isn't it? It's monstrous, warlike. What were you up to? I've told you. It's true. It's true. Mass murder to an inconceivable degree. I'm going
4: to stop this! But it's everything you've talked about made real. The United Kingdom is a leading force in the world again. The only leading force. England can rule the world. This is what you want. No! You're going to kill millions! I I don't want people to die! Please, what did you think your missile does? Smack the enemy on the bottom
3: and issue a stern reprimand? I want my country to be a mighty nation again. A mighty nation amongst mighty nations, not merely the biggest survivor of a global disaster. There's no cachet in that. Britain must hold its head up high, stand proud, stand tall, be great once more. And how can we do that, standing on a mound of corpses? This is wrong, Francis, wrong. I cannot countenance death on such a scale.
4: Is everything ready up top? Sorry? You've signed the releases, authorized the launch. Well,
3: of course I have. Why do you...
4: Honestly, what did he expect was going to happen? I'd repent and see the error of my ways? You killed him! Yes, Shane. Nice chap. Introduced him to his wife, as I recall. And look at this. He's made a total mess. I'm going to have to start from the beginning again. My troubles never cease.
10: My heart bleeds. Mm.
6: That must be it up ahead, Professor. We need to find Satobi Kinsella. First things first,
11: I'm more worried about getting through security. Ah.
4: Yes, you authorized to enter. Um,
5: um, uh,
11: uh House of Commons, Paz? All right. Thank you very much. Cheers, Biggies! That was easier than I expected. I think
6: the light had been rather hoist by their own petard. I don't believe that was a real security guard. Come again? It was a DN activist. Of course, it's easy to get in. They don't know what they're doing.
11: But the soldiers chasing us do. We need to get a move on, Professor. Correct.
6: I think
1: I see Sir Toby over this-a-way. Thank you, Prime Minister. I will have another. Much appreciated. Sir Toby! Good Lord! Rutherford! What are you doing here? Not Rutherford. Doctor. Doctor? What? Oh. Oh, I see. And this lady is called Ace, I presume. Of course.
11: Professor, that man with him, is, is it? I believe it is. Blimey! Sorry to disturb, Your Highness, uh, Your Worship, uh, Your Holiness...
6: But this explains rather a lot. Not nearly enough. Group Captain Gilmore gave me this. His ID. It should avail me with a certain degree of credibility.
1: Uh, don't worry, Doctor. Gilmore has mentioned you.
6: I'm willing to take you on trust. Likewise. You must evacuate the area immediately. There's reason to believe there's a very large bomb nearby. Well, we are here for the launch of a missile. Actually, Sir Humphrey, I'm sorry.
11: you're here for the launch of dozens.
6: It's a Machiavellian scheme of unusual complexity and malevolence. There really isn't time to explain further. Right now, you need to get these people moving. I'll do my best. In the meantime, we need to find Sir Francis White. Gideon was following him.
1: As I recall, they entered the complex over there.
11: Then let's get after them.
6: Oh! And the Deputy Prime Minister ordered our pursuit by armed troops. If you could find a way of holding them back, we'd be eternally grateful. Ace, wait for me!
1: The eh? Hmm. Prime Minister, I think you could provide a little assistance.
10: You don't have to do this.
1: And you don't have to whine on and on like a modern playwright, but you
4: still do it. Launch sequence prepared and... Stop! No. Just that fraction of a second too late, I'm afraid.
11: Professor, he's launched the missiles! I
6: know it. I know.
0: too late!
4: There you go. I think you'll find that's victory. Thanks for playing. Better luck next time. You
11: toe-rag.
4: What? What does that even mean? Francis. I wouldn't come any closer. Not unless you want this chamber redecorated with Miss Williams' cerebral matter.
10: He means it, Doctor. He just shot Vale.
4: I'd be keeping her alive for just as eventuality. Back off!
10: Not
6: exactly a good bargaining tool. Seeing as you're intending to use that device not only to kill her, but several hundred people in the immediate vicinity. All
4: right, maybe I'll just shoot you.
6: There's no point in this. Your cover's blown. Even as we speak, Toby Kinsella is evacuating the area. Then I better kill everyone quickly. Hack time. <laughs> Sorry, I would have got here earlier, but the roads were jammed. Thank you, Group Captain. I believe you just saved my life. I
9: always like to return a favor. Doctor, the missiles we saw them launch. Is that it? We failed?
6: Not necessarily. Ace, help the Group Captain extricate Allison.
10: Right you are, thank you.
6: Now, if I can access the control network, I should be able to redirect the missile's trajectory. Now, where to crash
9: them without causing massive fallout? Vale said the the missiles don't arm until mid-flight. There's time to abort if necessary.
6: They've been programmed to activate halfway across the Atlantic. Now. If I can crash them within UK airspace, the warheads won't
10: detonate. But where are you going to do that? Even if they're not armed, it'll be an enormous explosion.
6: One
2: obvious target leaps to mind. Come in, all operatives. This is Devere at the Vale Mansion. The plan has gone awry. We need to initiate contingency controls, Gamma, and. What is that noise? I'm sorry, operatives! I can barely hear myself speak about the sound of this. Ah! Oh!
1: As you can see from these photographs, where once stood the Vale Mansion, is now nothing more than a smoking crater. You say Vale's basement contained all manner of advanced extraterrestrial technology? So Rachel said. Pity. (laughs) It was totally destroyed in the blast.
6: We could have done with a leg up. Best not. Humanity isn't ready for the light's level of advancement. Remarkable how
1: easily you manage to patronize an entire species, Doctor i felt quite as small in all my life, and I went to boarding school.
0: Odd thing, though. According to my reports, at almost exactly the moment of the explosion, there was a wave of deaths throughout the government and the military. Politicians of all parties, civil servants, military leaders, even minor royals,
6: dropped dead simultaneously. Ace mentioned a semi-psychic communication network. It must have been the Light's primary control centre. If Devere was operating it at the time the missiles hit, the resultant shockwave would have sent out a psychic pulse fatal to anyone attached to the system. It took them out? All those Devere had contacted. There might be others not connected to the network at the time. They'll live on somewhere.
1: Which is why I've recommended more extensive funding be directed to the countermeasures group. There were more than enough witnesses to Saturday's events for your team's necessity to become apparent. Obviously, I haven't, if you will, illuminated Parliament as to the light's true nature. I merely suggested that a covert unit, operating within the highest echelon of the British establishment, had been acting against its own best interests. The doctor has agreed to enter a private member's bill recommending proper financing for your team. Thank you. It will take several months, and you'll more than likely sit around twiddling your thumbs in the meanwhile. But it should solve all your worries. Won't that tie you down for some time, Doctor? Oh, I've all the time in the world.
6: If you'll excuse me one moment.
1: Odd man. He probably thinks the same about us. Send the ladies my congratulations. An admirable job. Well done. You should be proud, Gilmore. This is the first step in a long journey. I hope you enjoy the ride.
0: I hope so, too. Good night, sir. Good night.
10: Rachel, you're sure I can't persuade you to stay with us? It's been awfully lonely here.
9: Thank you, but no. If I hadn't made up my mind before, I certainly have now. I've had more than enough alien incursions to last a lifetime. The moment I decide to stay on here permanently is the day I've gone totally mad.
11: Just you wait, Alison. She'll be back, saving the world's addictive. I should know. Speak of which, we have
6: several other worlds we should be looking out for. Thank you, ladies. A pleasure, as always. Rachel, Alison, I... Doctor. Oh, hello, Group Captain. Uh. Uh, Have you just changed your jacket? Oh, not exactly. I changed it three months ago. But that's from my perspective. From yours, in another seven. I'm sorry? I couldn't let down my constituents. They expected me to sit in the house until the next general election. So I did. I've just come back from October next year to pick up Ace.
11: Oh, I beg your pardon? He does this all the time. Best not to think about it, really. I'll try not to.
6: Goodbye. I hope you enjoy your lives without me. I imagine it'll be much quieter. You never know.
10: See ya! Doctor, the light, are they still out there? Are you going to be safe?
6: If the stories are true, it appears they are. They're out there all right, spread out across the universe. I've disrupted their plans. They'll want revenge.
11: So we'll just have to stop them then, won't we?
6: Of course Ace, that's what we do. That's what I've always done. Travels in a police box, and adventures without end. Come along. The journey's just beginning.
3: Comrade Zelensky, you have returned at last. Your exploits in the West have not gone unrecognized. The codes you have secured for us will soon be used to silence their decadence. But the Bay has insisted I am shifted to a new case. Meet your new handle.
6: Привет, comrade.
7: Uh, I am John Dorney and I write The Assassination Games.
4: You are out of your depth. You are dealing with something far outside the realms of your understanding. And I would advise you to steer well clear. And I would advise you
6: to leave these people
4: alone. So, you're a dead man.
6: You might very well think that. I couldn't possibly comment.
7: It's very intimidating. I, I uh, Writing something that's part of the uh, 50th anniversary tr- trilogy and also the one being released in November. I think that was sensor uh, as part of the brief. It's why I, I, my, when I was writing it I largely froze up because it took me a while trying to figure out one that would work in that slot and fulfil all of the various elements of the brief. Hello
12: my name's Ken Bentley and I directed Doctor Who the Assassination Games it's always nice to get actors into the studio who haven't seen each other for a while that's always quite good fun and actors being actors um they invariably manage to um kick off like it was yesterday and have a really good time um so it was really lovely to see everybody getting back together yesterday it was a bit of a busy day um with with so many people in at the same time um but really lovely to see everybody having fun again and and remembering what they got up to on telly at the time
6: my name is sylvester mccoy and i played doctor who number seven
10: my name's Karen Bledon and I play Alison Williams.
9: My name's Pamela Salem and I play Rachel Jensen. How are you? It was very much
6: our philosophy that um, having been a guest myself over the years in various different kind of television series and things, uh, sometimes it can be a bit lonely and a bit kind of daunting. And we were determined that wasn't going to happen to our guests, they were going to have a much fun as they could possibly give them.
10: Well, that worked. <laughs> it did. We had a lot of fun.
6: And 50 years ago, on November the 23rd, 1963, the programme started, mm-hmm. and in our story sophie is in a room and the television's on and the television say and now a new science fiction yes. program and she clicks yeah. and switches it off and goes out and that was mm. that was that was the so first we, episode of dr who and and where we where we were battling the daleks you know in that uh, that's where um the tardis first arrived in in that
7: junkyard they're all great characters and i remember it's slightly terrifying to think that we're now as far from remembrance of the daleks as remembrance of the daleks was uh, from an unearthly child but they still seems those characters still seem so fresh and real and alive and and i, th- I think uh, simon pamela and karen bring them back to life incredibly easily they're, they're they're wonderful people to work with and the voices are so distinct and such a joy to write this it was one of the scripts, this script came out quickly, I think I was about a week and a half in advance of deadline, sending the script in because it, it's just a joy writing all those characters, and indeed Ace and the Doctor. I, I think one of the key things in doing it was just marshalling the characters and making sure they all had uh, plenty to do. I was always very aware that it would be uh, quite useful um, to split them off and give them individual elements of the storyline so they could all do their own thing. and. As it happened, the storyline was complicated enough that I was able to come up with enough material. So everybody has their own thread. Yeah, you, you kind of want to make sure that everybody and everybody gets the, their enough material, and the Doctor and Ace get enough material, and you've still got got to have room for a plot and actual villains and actual other characters. Fortunately, I think that the the Seventh Doctor period. I was literally just having a conversation with Sylvester about this. I think because he is the grand manipulator is. It's almost beholden on you to make his stories more complicated than any of the other Doctors, more uh, the, the chess games on a thousand boards kind of feel. Oh, it's, yeah, it's great fun, really. It's you know, it's like
6: seeing old friends. Anyway, and um, uh, only they're the same age. Um, it's quite fun, especially. I mean, I, I noticed it a lot with with Sophie when. Sometimes she has, you know, being allowed to grow a little older in the stories we've told. But then every now and again she has to go back to being
11: young Sophie again. Her voice goes (laughs) up. That's
9: quite fun,
6: really.
11: Well, you get used to bug-eyed monsters eventually. Hazard of the job, hanging out with the Doctor and me.
9: Which I didn't ask to do.
11: You love me, really. I'm Sophie Aldred, and I have the great honour of playing Ace.
9: I am
0: Simon Williams, and I have the great honour of playing Chunky... Group Captain Gilmore. It's extraordinary because my memories of first meeting Sophie is that she looks exactly the way she looks now, only (laughs) in a 60s look during a 70s shoot. I think it was in a rehearsal room somewhere, but the first memory really is on location somewhere in Fulham. I have a memory of seeing you then.
11: Yes, well, of course, I was so excited because I'd always watched Upstairs, Downstairs, been madly in love with Simon Williams from a very early age. (laughs) so it was a thrill to work with. I do remember though being in North Acton rehearsal rooms and I have this vivid memory of there was a very large scene which we actually filmed at Q Steam, Q Bridge Steam Museum somewhere Mm -hmm. like that and it was a very complex scene with lots of soldiers and lots of running about and then the Dalek appears for the first time and and everybody was running around, and you had, you were, you had your chunky, except you didn't, because you were using your fingers. You were, and you were literally running around going, <laughs> and the Dalek was going, like this, holding his arm out the front like that. And everyone was running around, and there was Doctor Who, you know. And, and I just stood there for a minute, and I because it was my first story as the assistant, and I thought, gosh, I used to play this in the playground, and now here I am being paid for it and it's on telly
0: it does it doing an episode of, doing this particular episode was like playing <laughs> it wasn't like doing a job it wasn't like anything else it was wonderful
6: it was I, the biggest thing I remember and it's a story I tell again and again and again is when uh, it was Easter Monday and we were filming underneath the arches in Waterloo I don't know if you remember we filmed all around that area and um, the the pyrotechnic boys set up this great explosion in and the arches and it, it went like uh, cars shook and alarms oh, went off thought. and windows cracked mm. and the, the noise the cacophony of sound it was amazing and then when the, the um, fire engine arrived and in front of the fire engine there was an ambulance and it came down the street and the smoke was blowing out of the the tunnel it was really quick with well, their response it's amazing and uh, the, the the ambulance came to us halt because the ambulance driver's jaw fell to his chest because out of the smoke came three darling <laughs>
9: i'll never forget i was just I quite extraordinary I was in that explosion you weren't in that explosion no, no that was a f- no that would have definitely indelibly well you were the
6: one in the other one where the we're,
9: schoolroom. oh the schoolroom. but but
6: where uh you went on the one where we were um in camp? there was a factory uh courtyard and there was a big gates and beyond it yes. were the daleks remember that one yes yes and they blew yes, up yes. the gates and all yes. the, the daleks melted
9: well that's right there was a lot that? of explosions yes, yes. and there was, was a lot of memory of it a <laughs> lot
6: of danger to daleks <laughs> <laughs> luckily there's no one in the dalek you know group captain i'm getting the distinct impression this gentleman wants us to depart Never mm, thought it crossed my mind please vacate the premises oh absolutely consider them vacated Sorry to have troubled
11: you. Sylvester and Simon could barely get through a scene, could you, without cracking up?
0: Well, Andrew Morgan, who directed it, was a funny man as well. And he...
11: He was a mate of yours. He was a mate of mine.
0: But funny, he called me into the editing suite when he was um, putting it together. And he said, do you want to know why you can never play action heroes? And I said, no, tell me. He said, come here. And he showed me some takes of me firing the gun. He said, the only one we can use is the one when the bullet doesn't fire, because all the others, you go, ooh, like that, you jump and (laughs) close your eyes. So the only one was the one when it didn't work. They put a bang on, and I looked rather cool, just going, pooh. Well, Doctor, we're pinned down, and they're unstoppable. Any plan will be gratefully accepted.
6: Same plan as always. I like to have an ace up my sleeve. Oh, what not places? And right on cue.
0: Countermeasures, which um, the three of us do—Pamela, and Karen, and I, and uh, and Hugh Ross—we have a great time doing those incomprehensibly intriguing stories. But we we do seem to be, in our own humble way, compared to you, yourself, putting the universe to rights.
11: Hmm. Quite right too. Counterinsurgency.
0: Yeah.
12: I think the thing I like about the most about the countermeasures team is, is that there's a sort of that. There's a reality about their world, and so what we end up with is stories that are a bit more conventionally action-based. They're they're more the sort of action stories that we're used to seeing in the in the cinema, rather than the the full-blown sci-fi which we we explore quite often with Doctor Who. And they obviously the, this is science fiction, and they're a science fish, fiction aspects to the story but it's it's got its general feel is much more of a a big adventure and action adventure and i quite like that that's what i quite like about countermeasures and i don't know whether it's the period i don't know um whether it's the fact that they are earth-based that forces that i think it's something more to do with the combination of characters because we have uh, essentially a politician um we have a soldier and we have two scientists. And I think the combination of those three things forces a sort of specific storytelling world or dynamic, which tends to be a bit more about the action-adventure.
7: Obviously, seeing as I um, script-edited countermeasures, I know the characters terribly, terribly well. And even though it took until the end of the uh, second series before I wrote a full script, I'd done little sort of bits and bobs and the occasional line in most of the other stories. So. As I said, I knew them very well, and I think the initial brief had been Gilmore and Alison, maybe Rachel, and I felt very strongly that we, ha- we that we should have Rachel, and then when you've got the three of them, you've got to have Toby as well, because Toby's a lovely character, and Hugh is is great, and the opportunity to include him in the story and actually make that character a part of the uh, Doctor Who universe is kind of hard to resist. Um, just I got a little fruit on Uh, yesterday when uh, Professor said Sir Toby Kinsella for the first time that they're actually becoming part of the same universe in proper connection which I, I, I was rather pleased with.
12: You'd think I'd be completely used to being involved in stories that deal with the nature of time and clashing different times together. When we do countermeasures it's fine because it's set in the 60s. What I found confusing about this one is that we've got characters from the 80s, a specifically, um, in a story set in and with characters um, who live in the 60s and so it, what was quite fascinating and I kept getting tripped up by um, was the fact that there are 80s references in the script but they're references that Ace is is using or or saying um, in a story that's set in the 60s so that was quite good fun and kept catching me out.
11: Well it's wonderful that we're still gainfully employed uh, all these years later but it is amazing how Doctor Who is still such a large part of my life and my family's life and you know being invited to conventions all over the world it's opened so many doors for me and uh, long may it continue
0: it's a seamless journey from dan dare through doctor who to the present day for me it's absolutely the mad world of what's going on in outer space and timelessness and things i've always been a great fan really of westerns when there's a you know a blue sky up above and the desert underneath your feet but um, I'm a great one for sci-fi as well.
7: It's felt like an incredibly special recording. Everyone has been so lovely. It's, uh, every, seeing all these people sort of reunited, again, it's something you don't really notice until you're actually in the room, until I was actually sort of stood there watching the photo call when your brain's going, well, oh, actually, this is genuinely quite amazing. I've been so used to the amount of times we've had people back, so we are working with people who did the series, and obviously I've worked with the Countermeasures team before, that when you have some genuine full-on reunions of um, <laughs> to this kind of degree, and which I've also been in the privileged position of having with uh, Jacob and Lightfoot and Tom Baker, uh, it does feel special. It's kind of genuinely seeing uh, part of part of the history of the program, part of your own history as a fan, live in the room in front of you. So you actually suddenly re- it, it kind of connects you with the program. The original episodes that much more. You're kind of watching it and you're seeing the people interact and realizing that that this still ties in. I think as well. It's also been. It's also helped that everyone in the studio has been utterly, utterly lovely. They get on very well. It's been just a joy. Everyone's uh, such a pleasure to work with, and I think everyone was really keen to be involved because uh, everything I've heard about Remembrance is that it was a very special time then and. There's just been such enthusiasm and, and joy shared amongst the cast today that it's, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. i barely had to do anything. I've just sat and watched and with a huge smile on my face, I think, all the time.
12: I'm so glad we're recording all of this. <laughs>
7: Outtake city. OK, everybody,
12: we're rolling and cue. I, I don't mind admitting... <laughs> that, as I've already said about the 80s references in a story set in the 60s, sort of leaping about time as much as I do. To be honest, okay, let's be honest, I think I travel in time more than Doctor Who. I think that's a fair statement with the amount I'm, I'm, the amount of stories I'm, I'm working on at the moment. <laughs> what is fascinating is how it all connects. And it can, it can often take me some time to work the connection out. I suppose one of the enduringly clever things about Doctor Who is that it, it, it can always make connections. And it's lovely that we're, we're releasing a story in the anniversary month of the anniversary year, of the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who, that's set in the year that Doctor Who first appeared, uh, involving characters based in that year, but characters that were invented and first visited in the 80s. It's sort of bonkers, but it all connects. And that's what makes it fun.